On this episode of the 520 Podcast, we are talking with Craig Lamar Brown, writer and director of the new indie film Shooting Doves. We are also sharing the latest on the 2022 Wavemaker Awards, as well as diving into what forgiveness means for people within Christian culture. Let's go. Just a flip of the watch, just game time, game time, 20. Just a flip of the watch, just game time, game time, on it. Just a flip of the watch, just game time, game time, on Welcome to this month's 520 Collective Podcast. It's indie Christian culture. Yeah, man. This is where it's at. Make sure you check out 520collective.com for the latest in indie faith-based hip-hop news and commentary. We're glad you're tuning in with us, whether you are you know, listening on your favorite podcasting streaming service on one of the many radio stations that we are a part of, or... If you're checking us out on, you know, like iHeartRadio, that's pretty cool. Let us know. I'd love to hear where people are listening to us for real. It's Eric Boston. I've got my guy, my my co-host, Zero for Hire is here with us. And then we've got KD the Vessel joining us live in the Discord. Let's run it around the table, fellas. Tell people where they contact and follow you. David, you want to start us? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy to be here tonight. Um, you can catch my website, yieldedmusic.com. Um, if you're on Twitter, at yieldedman, the vessel KD on Instagram, and then uh, Facebook, just look me up. We can connect. Zero, what about you? I'm actually getting big and heavy in the Instagram again, so uh, you can find me at bitfox.visual.zero for hire or bitfox.visual.shay. I got two Instagram accounts. One leans more toward f- photography and the other one's like a personal account now. So I'm not really spending a lot of time on anything other than Instagram and Facebook these days. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Eric Boston three. That's at Eric Boston. And the number three, be, uh, definitely looking forward to connecting with you. Make sure you follow the platform as well at 520 underscore co. So yeah, the, the, the wheels are turning and, and everything's in motion for the 520 collective dot wave maker awards, 2022 edition. So we want to talk a little bit about that. You know, if you've been kind of paying attention, you know, especially on, on Twitter, man, like I'm telling you, you guys got to jump in and be part of the Twitter community. But if you've been paying attention, man, you know that the Dot Wavemaker Awards are coming up January 1st. And this year we are being powered by Track Stars. That's right. The Legends, Ryan Righteous, Shantana, DJ Jeremiah. We are going to be with them on January 1st, streaming live from their YouTube channel. Man, it's going to be awesome, dude. We, we, we're growing. We're going from two categories last year up to 10 categories this year. A lot of really cool stuff. We got opportunities for you to get involved, which I will share here in just a moment. Uh, you know, we're bringing back last year. We had the artist of the year and project of the year categories. 
uh, th- those are still there, but uh, we're expanding, we're getting bigger, and I- I'm really excited. So for people who have followed us from the beginning, they know that the first two years of the platform, we did not have the Wavemakers, but we did give out what was called our Rookie of the Year Award. And I'm excited because we're bringing that back as part of this year's Wavemaker Award. So we got the Rookie of the Year Award. And I'm just going to do a quick rundown here, man. We got Lyricist of the Year we're doing a collaboration of the year award, producer of the year, single of the year, female artist, cover art, then finally wrapping it up with EP slash mixtape of the year. And I, I'm not going to give everyone away, but we are opening up the fan vote, man. We got our nominees for each category, right? And we need y'all to help us figure out who the finalists are going to be for these awards. So from October 15th, through November 11th, voting is going to be open on 520collective.com. Top three vote getters for each category are going to be our finalists, man. So, and if you want to support, now here's a way I'm going to give you a couple different ways y'all can support. Okay. We are doing sponsors this year for these individual categories. So hit us up. Uh, you can email us contact at, uh, 520collective.com. And you can be a sponsor of an individual award. We do have some sponsors already in place, so they're not all open. Uh, and they are kind of first come, first claimed, you know, as far as, you know, which category you want to sponsor. You know, if you're not looking to necessarily sponsor an award, you can go to our store at 520collective.com, click on store in the menu, and get yourself some Dot Wavemaker gear as well. For people that are thinking about potentially being a sponsor man what's what's a couple of the highlights that you want to make sure that they hear right now on the podcast so i think what's really dope um is one depending on what award category you select to sponsor um for this year you get to hear hey producer of the year sponsored by insert gucci here or insert you know what i'm saying so you get to actually have the name of your platform of your um, your business, your ministry, whatever it is that you decide to do, you get to have that attached to that award. Um, and of course, remember now, um, this is this year's awards are being powered by TrackStars platform. And so, all right, so don't forget about that, guys. And so, um, again, there's a lot of good that can be raw out of this. And if you guys are interested, like Eric said, go ahead and hit us up. We'd love to look at um, an opportunity to be able to partner with you. Yeah, man. Again, you can you know DM us or you can send an email to contact at 520collective.com. Calm. Next month is is November, which means Thanksgiving and, and being able to have, you know, that kind of joyful heart. And I think in order for us to go into that Thanksgiving season, we need to make sure we're in the right place. And that, uh, you know, with that comes making sure that we have taken care of, of forgiveness, right, within ourselves and, and the things that we need to maybe just let go, right, so we can be thankful. As people in Christian culture... Do we find it hard to forgive, man? Like that that's I think that's the, the the starting point. Do we find it hard to forgive? Zero, what do you think? I don't think that we as as a whole have a problem with forgiveness. Um but I think we all know somebody who does. So with that with anecdotally, it feels like it's so common that yeah, we could we could ride with that statement and say we have a problem with forgiveness. Now do we have as a church have a problem with forgiveness? You could answer that yes and that we have a sin problem like anything anything that's tied to a sin you can say that we have a problem with that sin and unforgiveness is in that wheelhouse is in that category wherever there's a sin wherever there's a, a right way and a wrong way to be doing things 
you're going to have Saints messing it up. I think as a whole, we may not necessarily have an issue or a problem or a struggle with forgiveness, so to speak. But I think we have an issue recognizing things that need to be forgiven. Once you've walked around with something for so long, it can be difficult to understand that that's something that you need to address and get rid of or take care of. Or it's something that is causing a breach or an interruption in your relationship with God. And the enemy doesn't want you to recognize it. But believe you me, it's there. It's going to speak. It's going to show up. So I think we have I think we struggle with understanding things that need to be forgiven. And that's one thing that we really have to understand, because, again, You'll have individuals who will talk about, you know, how loving God is, but they don't want to give up, you know, the sin that they're in. Oh, God is a God of mercy. He's a God of love. And why can't I love who I want to love and do what I want to do and be with who I want to be with? Well, God is also a God of structure. He's a, he's a God of order and things of that nature. And forgiveness plays a part in that. So um, I just I, I kind of hate that unconditional love gets painted with that negative broad brush. It is a part of forgiveness. Whoever my offender is maybe in need it may not be in the same area so sobriety has a part to play in this as well but maybe that person needs grace in an area that i don't need it in but what i can't do is because i don't need grace in that area not give them grace in the area that they need it in. unconditional love is not the same thing as forgiveness either right now it's that they're they work together uh and i think what we see though is when you talk about something like unconditional love as well as some other things that i know we're going to hit on here they kind of hinge on forgiveness right where if you carry around this unforgiveness inside of you you're not able to do these other things until you deal with that and that's where i think when we see people talking about it a lot of the, the struggle and a lot of the difficulty comes in is not really understanding what we're being asked to do when it comes to this act of forgiveness you know it's not that it's necessarily about that person that's committed the offense to you right god's saying we need to forgive in order so we can have right relationship with him for for example in mark 11 it says whenever you stand praying we need to forgive if you have anything against anyone not if you feel like doing this or if it's something major it's if you have anything against anyone and why do we do that so that your father who also is in heaven may forgive your trespasses so we have a god that wants to forgive us of, of the things that we do wrong but he's like hey you gotta let go of this stuff that you're holding against people that i've told you to love in order for me to do this zero i want to let, let you kind of run with it because when you and i were talking about this man you were bringing up a lot of different angles man that maybe i hadn't thought about and i want you to throw them out there for us so we can discuss them here because there's so many angles to i think you could approach it from issue is like you're going to end up at the same point should you forgive or shouldn't you forgive a lot of people get hung up or tied up when they feel like the person that they're being asked to forgive for something doesn't deserve it david you said something about like if um someone who wasn't looking for forgiveness and that was that's a big issue i think for a lot of people when they're talking about like abusive relationships and things like that the easiest one to deal with is just being offended you need, like, like, like Katie said, you need to deal with your issues. You need to address issues that are coming up. So, uh, first Corinthians, um, eight talks about people who are just offended because you had saints that are eating meat that was offered to idols and they saw that as a sin. So you have this thing that is seen as a sin that the apostle himself is saying, like, it's not a big deal, but 
maybe don't do things that offend your brothers because they don't understand but he also makes the distinction of the people who are just offended because they don't understand he's telling them also get over your offense now in a direct assault um abusive type deal i do think that the same rules still apply like you need to confront that person you need to tell them take it to them this is this is hurting me this is offensive to me i don't want to deal with this we got to fix this issue i want you to stop whatever however you want to address it if they're like well i'm sorry you know then you have an opportunity to forgive and you can try to move past that but if you're like no i'm going to keep assaulting you i'm going to keep abusing you you're wrong and they're, they're just clearly making themselves your enemy i think that's that's the part where i get cornered because you have to separate yourself from this person but you can't walk around hating this person you know, just even making mention over earlier, you know, forgiveness is something that is spiritual. It's not. Why do we say that? Because the world is not going to tell you to forgive. And the world champions you holding on to your grudges because we've determined that it's easier to write individuals off than it is to restore them. Why? Because writing someone off is instant. It can happen in a moment. Restoring somebody is a process. And we're lazy. And we don't want to put the work in. Luke 17. And this is one of the first things that came to mind when we started talking about this whole conversation. You know, they're coming to Jesus. And I'm going to just read it real quick. Uh, starting with the first verse. Then said he unto his disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. All right. It's impossible. All right. But woe unto him through whom they come. So to the offenders, woe unto you. Sudden destruction. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast him into the sea. Then he should offend one of these little ones. Jesus saying, one of mine, don't do it. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, the same day, the same person, over and over and over again, doing the same thing to you. And seven times in a day, he turned to thee saying again, repent, thou shalt forgive him. And what did the apostles say in their response? Verse five, Lord, increase our faith. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. We need community, the right people around us to encourage us, to help understand and emphasize the importance of letting that person go or letting that situation go. But if I don't do that, if I refuse to do that, then now immediately I've caused and I've created a disconnect between me and God. So that, that same story is is mentioned in matthew as well right in matthew 18 and after he talks about that you know like you know forgiving seven times right so peter does the same thing that we we probably do right peter's in his, in his flesh at this point and he's like okay so i just gotta forgive him seven times and then we're done basically right and, and what's jesus say he says nah I, I don't say to you seven times but 70 times seven he, he's like Peter, come on, man. And it's the same thing that he's kind of saying this. It's like, come on. No, like, okay, I, I told you seven times as meaning that you're going to keep forgiving because that's what you should do when you are representing me. There's another element I want to throw in here because it's the hardest one to, to parse. There's the hard question of should we pray that God will punish our enemies or judge our enemies? I, the, the work of the person doing the forgiving is to be put in a position that they are ready and willing to forgive when that person comes back. Because in both of those verses you're talking about, he's talking about if they come back to, you know, if they come back and ask for forgiveness, how many times? That means he's coming back. He's repenting. So you should forgive. But for the person who's unwilling to repent, I think the appropriate response is like David, maybe not slay my enemy, but like judge them so that 
God's judgment will drive that person to repentance. And then there you are ready and willing to forgive them. And and what does that mean for us to be ready to forgive, right? Like we have to have already forgiven. We It's not like you're preparing to forgive if they come back. We've already forgiven, right? Because if we're still holding on and they come to us, we've got a hurdle that we've created ourselves that might not allow for that reconciliation. If that person does eventually come back, and let's just say it's years down the road, right? If I mm-hmm. haven't already forgiven that person, guess what can't happen if I run into that person? God can't use me to minister to them. That's why I say you need to be praying for God's judgment because you can't in good conscience be praying God's judgment and be unforgiving at the same time. Like you have to really have the right heart to pray a prayer like that. So at the end of the day, ultimately, you know, God wants everybody saved. I think his first period, you know, God desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, right? Every single person that includes those who are for us and those who are against us. You have to have a right heart to say, okay, God, at the end of the day, I want that person saved. God always has redemption on the end of his correction. Mm-hmm. We don't understand that part because we can't see past the we can't see past the offense in a lot of instances. So we have to be able to look beyond the fact that so-and-so did something to me or someone said something about me and look at the bigger there's always a bigger picture even if we talk about god yeah. just simply you know turning this evil around for my good or all things working together for good to them that love god there's always a bigger picture so i i have i have some thoughts over what's been said over this last little bit here and i and i i i see where you're coming from all right i don't know if i can completely go there with all of it okay uh so i'm gonna break this down into a couple of parts here First of all, when we're talking about enemies, right? I think we need to be careful. We need to be careful with that term enemies because at the end of the day, a person can't be our enemy unless we allow them to be, right? They can they can call themselves our enemy, right? And that's nothing we can control. But that unless we accept that, unless we are saying, yeah, that's what you are to me, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, we don't want to make enemies. We want enemies to be made because we've chosen to live for the lord we're not out making turning people against us and intentionally yeah, really don't let a duck be a duck. i mean and that that's our i don't know man that's the state of our heart that's the state of our heart right? I, right, heard, right, I heard some way this but, but i have to be sober too though i i have to be sober and and i don't see but enemies i think i think I at made. the end of the day it's, it's it's more of a how are you choosing to feel about other people how are you choosing to feel about them are you choosing to see them in that way or not if it's true i'm just choosing to see the truth like I, I might not feel good about it but if they're my enemy because they're trying to be i can't feel my way out of that like my feelings ain't gonna change none of that it's just the truth of it like i can seek to not make them feel that way no, dude, but that's, I'm not telling you you got to change how they feel, man, because you can't. That's not. That's what I'm, I'm saying. saying I'm saying, I'm like saying the Bible we have, would but we have to tell own, us to pray for our enemies if that was a non-issue. But we have to own. We have to own our feelings about it, though. That's different. Well, the it, Bible it, doesn't yeah. command me to feel a certain way about my enemies. He says, "Love oh, my no, enemies no, no, no. and yeah. treat yeah, them yeah, a certain yeah. way." But that's not a feeling. No. That's an action. No. But, that's, but a, that's a feeling and an action. I mean, here's how that. We gonna have and to I can't act now. out of what I don't feel, right? <laughs> Dude, it's I mean, hard, right? look, okay. I can't act out of what I don't feel. And this is, and this Go is, ahead. and this is where I was coming with this is that we have the ultimate example of this with Christ at His crucifixion, right? Those people, those were His enemies. Did He view them as His enemies? No, 
he continued to love them even when they were putting him through this stuff and and he forgave right how do we know that he forgave because what was the last thing he said he, he wanted god to forgive them and he couldn't ask god to be forgiving if he hadn't already forgiven them himself yes he no okay no i don't see what you're saying no i thought you were gonna say something else no i thought you were gonna say something else (laughs) okay like i mean no that's good i'm okay like i'm i'm viewing this as an action you're viewing this as a feeling my feelings well no it's it's a heart heart is deceitfully wicked me choosing to be obedient is different than feeling a certain way but the heart has to be in the right place for that to happen obedience is a heart issue my heart in the wrong place can still say god i'm in the wrong place help me to to forgive them or help me to see it or whatever like i can still be obedient in my on feeling whatever and at the end you know of the I mean? day like in your anger don't sin that doesn't mean don't be angry but you know, zero, it's the same thing so at the end of the day when you're in those situations and you're like i'm angry and but but help me to forgive at the end of the day it's no longer about what the other person's doing Right. It's between, it's about that relationship between you and God and, and what's working inside of you at that point. They can continue yeah, doing that's why they, I said they forgiveness can, is they can a continue, they can like, continue it. doing whatever. And, and it doesn't, it's not going to matter. It's not going to change. Yeah, there won't always be transactional forgiveness. You know, that's, well, we're, also, that's we're what conflating we're two about. things though. We're, we're conflating whether or not you forgive somebody and whether or not somebody is an enemy because I feel a certain way about it. Like that's like three things that we're just bundling together. And that's why, yeah, and, that, and that's where, the, and that's where there, there's a lot of crossover here too. Cause I think the other thing that we haven't mentioned that goes along with that is that with forgiveness, like a lot of other things that we are uh, tasked with, right. It all comes down to forgiveness is an aspect of teaching us about faith in general. It all say comes it again, down. Say it again. So forgiveness is one of those aspects that we're asked to do right that ultimately leads us to knowing what it means to have faith this is a very layered conversation and again there well, are areas that's the thing of right there that are necessary you know what i'm saying yeah, that's the thing right there it's hard to com- compartmentalize this because to just strictly talk about forgiveness it bleeds over into these other areas right i mean even look at go back to, to luke where you where you read luke earlier they're talking about forgiveness, right? How, how many times do we forgive? Blah, blah. But then what What does the uh, apostles, what do they respond with? They say, help our faith, right? Because forgiveness is something that strengthens our faith. It shows us how to be better in our faith, right? Because faith is the hard. But they were also asking for faith to forgive in this. Yeah, manner. that's how I interpreted it. Like, give us faith because this is hard. Forgive. Yeah, and right. it is hard. And, but, but that's wait, my. Wait, hold on. You telling us to forgive over and over and over and over and over again the same person? Oh well, God, give me faith because right now I'm not there. I don't have the capacity to be able to release this person. And then Jesus goes into that whole story and starts talking about. It. I don't have the ability to be able to do this. Increase my faith. Help me see people the way that you see them. Help me to be able to get to this point and graduate to this place where I'm unfazed by what people do to me. Right. Well, and, and because I said this to, to zero when we were talking earlier, faith, the faith that we are called to on just the very, very surface level, don't dig deeper, but just look at it. Like, and especially when you're looking at it from the eyes of unbelievers, right? It does not make sense. It doesn't. It's, it's yeah, crazy. It's, not supposed to. it's crazy. However, 
when we're called to a life of faith and we're and we're just accepting of it, especially in you know we're blessed because we're believing and we're having faith without seeing the things that like the disciples saw, right? We need these other things, like we need to be able to let go and not hold on. Like that, that's something that we're told to do. We're not supposed to just keep bringing stuff up from the past. No, not if we're truly forgiven. And and when we're holding on to that and we're we're holding and we, we keep that baggage, it's no longer about that other person that offended us. It's we're making our life miserable. We're doing Agreed. it. Agreed. Yeah, I like the actively discourage compartmentalizing the com- th- these concepts because they a lot of these things do go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about forgiveness, but then we also find ourselves in the love your enemies territory, and it's hard because that's an that's an area of obedience where you may not have forgiven yet or you may not feel a certain way, but you're like, well, I have to forgive and that's supernatural. You got to ask God for help and that's going to happen through your actions. Yeah, man. Well, hey, shout out to the people that are watching this uh, on YouTube right now. We got we got Q in the chat and he says, you know, wisdom is key. You don't have to address enemies with the energy that they want. We treat our foes with kindness because that's how Jesus did. If the goal is being Christ-like, we treat them with the same compassion. Jesus did for the people who crucified him, but be smart enough to be aware of their actions, believe in the best first. So shout out to Q for jumping in there. Absolutely. Know your personnel, man. And know, know who you know it. We need to realize that forgiveness, while at the end of the day, the, the person on the other end can benefit from our forgiveness. I just, I don't think that the act of forgiveness necessarily is even about them right it's it's got to be about what it does for us because i mean we've read a bunch of them but let's let's look at e- e- ephesians right it, it, it says be kind to one another tender-hearted forgive one another as god in christ forgave you it's about us making sure that we are in the place where we, this relationship can happen and take place the way it should every time i hear this talked about is it's a theological problem ultimately like like every single time it's it's a theological thing and it just boils down to like they want to be god instead of letting god be god and being obedient to him even when i'm like bucking against some concept that there's a tinge of that there well i haven't really released that area of control in my life okay well then let it go let god be god yeah well and that's what it comes down to is like we 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 see we've talked about what society how they view forgiveness right how how an unbelieving world views forgiveness, right? And, and talking about cancel culture and all this different stuff. We have to be different within Christian culture. We simply, not, not only to be an example, but just simply because that's what we're called to do. We're called to be different. And if we're not doing that, we need to hold ourselves accountable on it. Man, I, dude, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to cut us off. I know we've been going for a while though. Is there any last thoughts that y'all want to get in before we, uh, move on last words i know we've said a lot and i want to hear what other people have to say too so if you're listening to the podcast and you've got thoughts man make sure you let us know go into go and join the discord give us feedback go to the comments on 520cleft.com wherever you know dm us we want you to be part of the conversation so yeah man i don't know kd any any final thoughts as Christians, we're supposed to kind of like have a trademark on forgiveness. Um, and so we're supposed to have the trademark on, on in Christianity. And, and 
There's no freedom without forgiveness. And that's something that has to happen for all of us. God does not expect us to do anything that he has not made us capable of doing. Okay. And so when there are things in the Bible that are written there, God is saying, do this. It's because he knows what, what he's put in us, right? Expectation is because of the deposit. So, um, we have to forgive for ourselves, for our relationship with God, for the people who are relying on our relationship with God to be what it needs to be. For folks who need prayer, I can't have unforgiveness in the back of my mind or sitting on the back burner. And I've got all of these people around me. There's so much that's going on in the world. I can't afford to hold a grudge. Again, I will reiterate that ultimately this should drive us to repentance. Um, I started with the offense. If you're offended, you need to repent. If you don't know how to repent, you need to find out how to ask God how to repent. Like that's obedience in action. And if you're the person who is being repented to and you struggling with that, it goes back to repentance. And if you're the person who's under judgment, you're probably under judgment because you refuse to let it go and you need to repent. Um, you talk, is it, what is it? Matthew five, where he talks about the tormentors. There's a parable that Jesus talks about. The dude got forgiven and then he would turn around and he's clowning on the next dude. At the end of the parable, he said, turn this man over to the tormentors. And and then he says, unless you forgive others, my father will do the same to you. And that's like a brand on your life. Like when you walk around with unforgiveness, you're just like tormented by these things that people did. And it's obvious to everyone, I guess, except for you, because you just refuse to see it. Um, all, all, rep- all, all judgment should drive us to repentance. And if we find ourselves under judgment, I think it should take us to the cross. This is a great equalizer. Yeah, so that's, that's my, that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, man. So if you're holding on to something that you need to forgive and, and let go of so that you have better standing, I would encourage you to do it again. You know, jump in, uh, to the discord, jump on the 520clef.com, give us your thoughts. And make sure you stick around, man. So we got a great industry insider interview coming up in the second half of the podcast. Uh, joining this month, it is Craig Lamar Brown. He is the writer and director of the new indie movie, Shooting Doves. You may have caught a little bit of this. So our guy, K-Drama, not only has two songs in the movie, but he also has a little cameo appearance as well. So uh, it's real fun getting to talk with uh, Craig Lamar Brown. Looking forward to seeing the movie as well. So uh, make sure you stick around for that. And again, guys, go out and vote October 15th through November 11th for our wave maker awards man it's up to y'all to determine who the finalists are going to be this year 10 categories again we got rookie of the year coming back and man if you want to be involved hit us up because there are opportunities to partner with you it is the 520 collective uh dot wave maker awards 2022 powered by track stars lots of more uh info coming on that as well we'll be announcing the finalist on next month's podcast so make sure you tune in yeah man we will catch y'all next month stick around for the interview let's go artist what is the key to getting your music to your target listener 
making sure that your catalog is available where people are listening. Trackstars is helping independent artists do just that with Nectar Distro. Sign up for Nectar today to have your music delivered for you to all the major digital streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, SoundCloud, YouTube, and much, much more. Go to 520collective.com slash Nectar, that's N-E-C-T-A-R now, to sign up and keep 100% of your royalties along with all of your music rights. With monthly payouts, comprehensive reports, specialty tools like the single maximizer and account management services, along with a dedicated team that understands your needs as an artist, it really is hard to beat what Nectar Distro and Trackstars bring to the table. So hit up 520collective.com slash Nectar to get started now. Hey everyone, it's Darius back again with five wave maker picks for September 2022. Honestly, I feel like I could hit you with five picks from each week of releases because September was packed. I managed to narrow it down though, but I'll go ahead and remind you to check out the 520 Collective website and the hashtag 520co playlist on Spotify for some other worthwhile music that didn't make my personal picks, especially since I only have five picks for the month. Without further ado, September brought us already one by Young Titan, a great track that we featured on the latest Dino Nuggets show. Also, we got Voices in the Mud by YP, aka Young Paul, C4 Cortana, and Jared Sanders, which just sounds like a smack to the face in the best possible way, that song. Deep End by Mike Teasy, featuring Bats, is one that I just can't stop listening to, and Defeating the Tyrant by Gavin the Hot Rod is a great album, super introspective and well put together. And then finally, September brought us Josiah, the new single by Dylan Chase. And honestly, I feel like it's one of his best to date, which is saying a lot for Dylan Chase. Thanks for tuning in to the 520 Collective Podcast, and I'll talk at you again next month. Hey guys, I want to say thank you for listening to the 520 Collective Podcast. This month's Industry Insider interview is coming up in just a moment. Before we listen in, make sure to check out 520collective.com. It is the home for indie news and faith-based hip-hop. Follow us on social media, including Twitter and Instagram, at 520 underscore co. Also, to get exclusive content, hit up our Audio Mac account, where you'll find extended interviews, playlists, and more. Let's jump into this month's interview. Welcome to this month's Industry Insider Interview, brought to you officially by Bookkeeper247.com. What's up? Welcome to the Industry Insider Interview here on the 520 Collective Podcast. As always, we are being sponsored by the Bookkeeper 24-7. Check them out at tbk247.com now. Joining me on the 520 Collective phone line he is the writer and director for the movie Shooting Doves. It is Craig Lamar Brown. What's good, sir? How's it going, man? Oh, man, we we are good. How's life in general? It's great, man. I'm, I'm super blessed. I get to spend a lot of time with the fam. I got five kids, five daughters, actually. <laughs> so it's a house full of, full of beauty and adventure and... Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a really fun season uh, for our family as a whole. Man. We're loving life right now. So for people who maybe are not familiar with you, why don't you give them just a little kind of a, a, a history, a background of who is Craig Lamar Brown? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up on a 
east side of Detroit, Michigan, uh, born and raised, lived most of my life there. And I moved to Cincinnati about 10 years ago. Met my wife, Caitlin, dated for four months, got engaged <laughs> within those four months. Uh, our first kid the following year. So now we're at five. Uh, so it's been uh, a crazy, <laughs> crazy ride. Um, just regards to time and just you know just learning and growing um yeah yeah so that's uh, a little bit about me personally and um so, something we've been stepping into the past three years is making movies it's always been a desire in my heart to uh tell stories that are captivating and challenging and um the guys in, entrusted me with creating um a couple of movies so far and it's been a blast yeah man so so what was it about filmmaking that kind of drew you in yeah i mean i, I always had a passion for storytelling like i mean the first time i ever wrote something was uh my creative writing class in high school but i didn't have any type of like infrastructure for it it was just like oh, i'm gonna write something and it had it, it was just like no structure whatsoever <laughs> um and also just just films in general i've, I've always been enamored by them i i would say i'm definitely uh when it, when it comes to the creative aspect i'm, I'm definitely a, a visionary and uh, i'm a big picture person uh but i love all of the inner workings of how a story comes together and how it impacts. But yeah, so it's always been something that's been a, a, a part of my life. I just never knew how to walk in it. Um, so my day job, I was a software engineer. Uh, long story short, I did a side project for a producer in LA. I built a mobile streaming application for him. Um, and at the time, he was working on a new movie. And he said, hey, like, you want to audition for like a small role at my film? I'm like, I uh, love it. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm I'm down for it. Let's, let's do it. Uh, so I auditioned. He loved audition. Gave me the lead role. Three weeks later, I'm flying to New York, then L.A. to start my first ever feature film. So it was a whirlwind and an incredible experience. Definitely difficult and challenging. Uh, never have acted before, but um, yeah. So that's so I got my. That's how I got my start, which was only about uh, three to four years ago. Um, and since then, pursuing acting is just tough because it requires you to get up and move to L.A. And that's just not it just wasn't in the cars for my family and uh, what the, the things that guys asking them. So I took a step back. I'm like, it was just fun making a movie. Not many people get to say that, but I still had, you know, uh, a desire to create and how but not act uh, <laughs> because again I, I, you, you have to throw your whole self into acting you can't that's not something that you can do uh, half-heartedly and that's just not the kind of person you know so um inside I, I wouldn't pursue acting again but if I ever had a chance to write and produce like I do that I was given that chance again with uh, shooting doves yeah man and you mentioned how you um, said you were going to kind of look for an opportunity to maybe get involved and be able to be creative on the um, writing and directing side of filmmaking. And obviously that's led you and, and your wife to, you now have Brown Brown films. Like, was that, did, did you kind of always see that as kind of a, a goal where you guys were like, I'm just going to try to do this on our own or before 
the whole company came together, was there a part of you that was like, well, you know, maybe I'll get an opportunity with an established company at some point? Um, it, it kind of just morphed into our own thing. Um, I mean, we, so our goal for family is to do everything together. Um, so if I'm an entrepreneur, if I have a business, like my family is a part of that business. Um, and I want to bring them in as much as possible with me producing this movie and creating my company, um, to uh, hold the movie. Like it, it just requires that. You know, we were all on board um, to make this happen, and and that's and that's just the beautiful thing about being married, right? Like I have uh, you know someone who no matter what is going to be with me every step of the way in this, and to help me build it, and which has been awesome. So it wasn't necessarily something that like I pursued like on my own. Like my wife is definitely with me on the way, and I. Also, just didn't have a big desire to uh, just attach myself to like a, a big production company at the moment. I mean, I could be something that happens in the future, but uh, the kind of stories I want to tell that are faith based, I think, requires uh, me to do it through my production company um, to have that kind of uh, control. Ultimately, to be able to tell stories the way that, like, what God is asking and what He's birthing like, in our family. Like, what was it where you were just like, okay, yes, this is where we're going to go. We're going to start our own company. We're going to step out in faith here. And you just knew, like, this was the direction that you needed to go. Honestly, just the success of it. Um, like, from the moment I built an app and, you know, landed a lead role in the movie. And the very next time I wanted to do something else in regards to telling film uh, and, and telling stories uh, through film, uh, it all came together like so quickly. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I always tell people, it's one of the things that I've done that had no restrictions. Um, it would just bless almost immediately. And like, I'm still humbled by that. Um, so the when I took a step back and I started looking at like the success of it all um, in its very infant stages, I, I thought to myself, like, man, like this this is definitely something that is bigger than me. Uh, as cliche as that sounds, uh, I would say the only sign was that I mean it, it's just been extremely fruitful thus far. And as you said, you know, you, you are a man of faith, and you're making faith-based movies i guess was there a challenge going into it knowing that there's this stigma around christian movies christian art in general how did you kind of prepare and, and kind of what were your what were your thoughts on how you were going to approach maybe some of those uh stigmas let's be honest like most people we talk to just know like a lot of christian movies are just bad <laughs> right um like I, They've gotten a lot better over the years. There are some talented uh, filmmakers out there, but that's been the stigma with Christian films, like terrible quali quality and super cheesy. That's like what a lot of the world is left with. Like, why would I ever want to watch a Christian movie? Uh, something I don't believe. And then the quality is terrible and the story is terrible. <laughs> so... Um, so as I, as I'm thinking about, um, shooting does, I mean, it, it was just no brainer. Like I, like I knew that it had to be captivating and I knew the quality 
I just had to be off, off the charts. That was my mindset going there. I mean, I was, we wouldn't waver in regards to creativity and story. That's just something that as like my company that we are going to go hard at continuing to produce. Um, even with, I mean, the budget I have for the film was, I mean, low compared to um, a lot of low budget Christian films that, uh, you know, people can see, like Fire, Fireproof, uh, Courageous, all, all, all of those movies, right? Um, however, uh, I, I think the quality is up to par to those, if not better. I really want to go against the stigma that my Christian films are terrible in quality and story because, like, it doesn't have to be. Um, I, I feel like we kind of give ourselves excuses to ignore excellence with Christian um, art, which I mean, which I, I think that's kind of a weird phrasing, like Christian <laughs> music or art. Like that's just weird phrasing, anyway. But like, um, like I told the story that just happens to be about uh, the church, right? No matter what, like I, it, I also don't want to be representative of art that's mediocre and it being recognized as Christian art. You know what I mean? Can't produce anything that's um that will that will lack in those areas because I know that it, it will miss so many other potential uh viewers uh because of that. I don't want that to be a distraction. So it's something that, unfortunately, I had a really good team that helped me pull it off. I mean, it was, it was, it was super difficult, right? I mean, the reason why a lot of people were like that kind of quality, because it's just hard and it costs a lot of money and uh, we didn't have it. What we did have was a lot of people who were committed and who were insanely talented at their crafts and kind of like we, we held each other to the fire in, uh, in regards to making sure that it didn't lack quality. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can talk about that. I, I think I think it has changed. And I'm thinking, I, 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 I think more uh, resources that are out there for people to create also gives, you know, the chance to make things that are better quality. Is there like a target audience that you're trying to reach through the movies that you make? Because, and here's why I asked this, because it seems like part of those stigmas that, are already attached to Christian film come from the fact that a lot of these films seem like they are made with the intent of we're going to get together as a church and we're going to watch this on Sunday night or, or something, you know, whereas, and if that's the audience you're targeting, then I think it affects the, affects the, the final product as well. So for you guys, is, do you have an audience in mind uh, that you are trying to reach with, the films that you are going to produce and that's a that's a good question i haven't even thought about that <laughs> so 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 the uh so the movie that i just produced it it it, it was a very clear audience um but, but overall the more films that uh, i create uh my my hope is that anyone can let's say if the movie was playing at a local theater that anyone can come in sit down and watch the movie and say wow that was a really good movie and not think about you know all all, all, all the other things i go into making a movie i just want them to sit down and say this is a good movie you know, even if it is explicitly talking about um jesus my goal is Again, like I just want people to um, come away with something when they watch a film that I produced. Uh, I mean, there's tons of you know movies that 
better out there. That's just it's just content, right? But I just love the human piece of film itself. Like, I mean, there's like, we're all broken people, right? And um, if I can help uh, communicate ways to better yourself uh, emotionally and, and and physically through a film line, that that gives me joy. Again, guys, with me on the phone line it is Craig Lamar Brown. He is the writer, director, filmmaker of the movie Shooting Doves. Uh, it's your your debut film, right? T- talk to us a little bit about the movie, man. Give us kind of, you mentioned it that it's a love story. Kind of give us just, just like an overview of what the movie is like without, you know, obviously giving any, any of the key points away. Sure. So this was inspired uh, in 2020 uh, when... George Floyd um, was killed, and you know there was uh, you know protests everywhere. Uh, social media was uh, a hot place for you know discussion or simply just hating each other. <laughs> and I just basically when I saw how everyone was reacting uh, physically or in social media, I was like, man, like there's there's something missing in regards to the things that I saw Christians say on social media was just disheartening. I'm like, how in the world are we we're supposed to be an example of like love, God's love and grace if we can have a healthy conversation about like our brokenness and what we need to do to fix certain things. And this and this goes both ways uh, for a black person for a white person. Like it, it goes both ways. And um, so when I when, when I saw all of the um, attention there, um, I mean, it, it came to me pretty quick. Like, I mean, the, the best way to uh, foster a conversation, I think, is through one listening uh, to music, and that's kind of like the, the backbone of this film. It's a story about a a black musician and a white musician who meet each other. Uh, they have their own baggage with race. Uh, however, they use music uh, to help uh, bring reconciliation to a divided town. And it was kind of just modeled after, you know, our country in a sense. Uh, black versus white, uh, left versus right, and just like taking <laughs> taking that but into a story and just showing like where we have brokenness, but like how God can be uh, the bridge of that. So, um, and I thought the best way to do that was to one do it through a love story, but also that was heavily music based. Um, I mean, music is something that no matter what ethnicity, age. Uh, like we, it's just something that unifies, right? And Shooting Does has over 20 original songs <laughs> on the soundtrack. And that's uh, in the movie where um, the two lead actors, uh, Andrea Summer and David Driscoll, uh, I mean, they're just amazing. And um, yeah, so that's how the story was birthed and why I thought it was important to tell it. Obviously, I mean, I guess the first step is you got to, you know, write the story down. You got to create your script. Uh, but then once that script is there, then you got to find people that's going to help bring the story to life. Right. Um, like what, what's that process like? And, and how did you uh, come across the people that would ultimately, you know, just help share your vision? Yeah, I mean, here in Cincinnati, I, I, again, like there's just a ton of talent and Honestly, a lot of my friends work in this space. 
So it was it was almost easy for me to uh, pull together uh, the talent to pull this off. Uh, it's like everywhere I turned, like I had someone who was excellent at their craft um, that really cared about the story and was bought in and wanted to be a part of it. And again, like it, nothing like this happens with the amount of money we had, uh, but the quality that we were, we were able to produce. Uh, nothing like that can happen without a group of people who are committed, also super talented. Um, so yeah, that's where I feel like we, we had to win with the movie. Okay, and you and you uh, mentioned Andrea Summer uh, plays one of those lead roles. She's also she also helped in the writing process as well, right? Yeah, correct. How, how did you two meet, and what was that process like as far as collaborating with her on the writing side? Yeah, I've known Andrea for about... Um, Prior to the movie, uh, I think I know they're about eight years. What eventually ended up happening was like I asked her to play the um, the role of the lead, and then she came on as um, a writer as well because she, because she wrote so much of the music for it. I asked her to come in and tackle some of uh, you know the heavier parts of you know what does racism look like coming from a person. Uh, who's white or what are some things you've heard and um so yeah it was it it, it was interesting man like uh it, it, it was it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be because the girl is a powerhouse like i mean she is super talented i mean the girl just bleeds creativity so i'm coming in i'm like i don't have a lot of experience she has a lot more experience i'm like what, what is this we were like, what is this process going to be like? And then, like, uh, when we got into it, it was just awesome, man. Yeah, man. And then you, you mentioned the other lead is uh, played by David Driscoll. I guess what kind of drew you to him uh, to to fill the role of Hugo? Uh, he, I mean, he was Hugo. He, I like, do was well, when I envisioned Hugo in my mind, like it was. Uh, they just similar to Andrea. Like the guy just bleeds creativity, um, and he's just so cool too, man. <laughs> like it's like he doesn't even think about it. Just like ah, oh, yeah, you know, I'm this amazing, good-looking guy who can sing, and yeah, no big deal. Like, <laughs> dude, dude is awesome, man. But um, yeah, and he, and he was super uh, influential at uh, crafting um, um, some of the songs like in the movie as well. So watching him and Andrea tag team the things here and there, man, I'm like, dude, this. There's a couple of moments where I'm like. This is just beautiful. I can die right now. Yeah, man. And one guy that I want to talk about that I can't let you get out of here without having a little discussion about. I mean, being as we are part of, you know, the Christian hip hop community as well here at 520 Collective, um, that would be a legend in our space and a friend of the platform k drama uh is you know obviously he, he he's a part of this film as well. Not only does he have uh the song Rooftops that's in it, but he he actually has a like a cameo, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the uh, yeah, dude. K K drama man, uh, dude is just what a blessing, man. Talk about like a guy who's just again like this is my crew, like super talented people who are humble, um, but who are just so good at what they do. And yeah, man, I I, I was so glad to have him. I wasn't um, 
anywhere near the production part where they were actually uh, crafting uh, his song. But uh, like when Andrea was sending me, hey, check, check this out. I was like, oh my God, like how, like, how is this real life? Uh, I, I mean, I listened to him when I was, um, gosh, I, I was just graduating high school. Uh, <laughs> so it was like, you know, no big deal. Like, he's in my movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was an honor, man. Um, uh, yeah, having him in, he, so he, he produced uh, a couple of songs for the album, uh, Rooftops, and there's another one that is, Honestly, my favorite, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Um, and for everyone to be able to hear it soon. <laughs> so yeah, he was yeah he was a treat to work with, man. Um, yeah, what, what a blessing he was. You know, you've been submitting it to some different festivals, right? And, and it's been getting some recognition. Um, I mean, two that jumped out to me, and you can probably add in some more because there might be more that I don't that I'm not aware of. But two, I wanted to kind of bring some attention to is one. You got best screenplay with the New York Movie Awards. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was just a festival um, that we submitted to, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm still learning the festival world. And I, I know part of it is just marketing. Uh, having those kind of accolades definitely help. Uh, you know, the attention of the movie, and uh, I have a special place in my heart for New York, so I was glad to submit to that one. Um, and it, yeah, and it, it, it won best screenplay. Uh, so I, I was thrilled about that. Um, and, uh, I, w- I would say probably like the biggest one that we submitted to thus far, um, or that we won, uh, was an international Christian music film festival. And there, uh, we took home, uh, best, uh, musical soundtrack. Um, and Andrea did. And yeah, that was, that was fun. Uh, it, was, it was a good experience just watching all of the other Christian filmmakers uh, win awards for movies that they've uh, created. What is the, uh, I guess, the plan moving forward? I mean, obviously, we're, we're heading towards the release, but I know there's more involved and probably more festivals and stuff. Like, like what's on the agenda? What's coming up regarding uh, shooting doves? Yeah, uh, my hope is that everyone will be able to stream this by... Um, October, um, I think that's a, a hard push, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it's we're still working on um, a distribution deal at the moment with a pretty uh, big company, which I'm 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 super excited about. From there, uh, who knows what platforms um, they'll be on? My my guess uh, is Prime, Hulu, Netflix, as many streamers as possible. Uh, we should be able to. Uh, how do people tap in to the latest uh of what's happening shootingdownsmovie.com um we'll we'll continue to put updates there the facebook page uh shooting dance movie and uh overall my company um brown brown films like you'll be able to go there and i see what's up and coming and the things that we're working on craig man i'll say this I'm, i'm excited about what you're what you're doing man and what god is doing through you and your company excited to watch the movie i don't know it's just it's it's very encouraging you know to see someone that is really pushing those limits and and pushing that integrity whenever it comes to you know a faith-based film faith-based art in general man um because i think you know, a lot of people agree, you know, we're, we're supposed to be doing all things in excellence, right? So you and I kind of talked before about how we're seeing some stuff happening 
in in the Christian film industry where it's like, oh, oh, okay, maybe maybe some steps are are, are going down right now, you know? So yeah, man, I'm just I'm excited, dude. And you know, whether it's um, continuing to push uh, the the shooting doves films or just you know the, the next films that are going to come after that um you know i just want to throw out a, an invitation to you man you know feel free to come back onto the podcast and and uh share what's happening with with the company man absolutely man be honored and uh thanks for having me and i'm loving what you're doing uh keep it up and yeah this is great yes sir so again one more time guys Go check out what's happening with this movie, Shooting Doves. It's shootingdovesmovie.com. It's going to be a good movie, guys. So get behind it. Tell people you know about it. And yeah, and let's support it. Let's, let's, let's push this as a Christian culture. Like this is the kind of stuff that we need to happen. So Craig, if they, I know we've talked about the, the, uh, website and everything, but if they want to, uh, be able to connect with you, uh, just, or, or follow and support you individually. Do you have like your own social media or anything they need to be following? Yep, it's uh, Craig Lamar Brown. You can follow me there. All, all social media, you can follow me at Craig Lamar Brown. Perfect. So go and do that, guys. And we're excited. We're excited here. So, Craig, again, thank you for joining us. We want to give a shout out to all of our episode sponsors as well as the bookkeeper 24-7. Again, check them out at tbk247.com for help making this industry insider interview happen. And we will catch you guys on the next episode of the podcast. Let's go. All right, we're so glad that you tuned in for this episode of the 520 Collective Podcast. In fact, we don't want it to end here. Make sure to join our server on Discord and be part of the growing community that's centered around faith-based hip-hop. Let us know your thoughts about the topics covered in this episode and tap into a variety of live events. Go to 520collective.com slash Discord now to join.